0: and welcome back to the latest edition of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. I am your host and owner of PW Digital Media Entertainment, Phil Washington, coming to you from our studios here in the city, beautiful Orlando, Florida. This podcast is being streamed exclusively with our partners from Spotify, Apple Podcast, and on Amazon. This podcast can only grow, expand, and reach a wider audience with your support. With that being said, I ask and encourage you just to take a second and follow the Philosophy Sessions podcast on your preferred platform. You can engage with me on Instagram and on threads at the handle PW underscore digital underscore media underscore entertainment. Again, that handle is PW underscore digital underscore media underscore entertainment. This podcast and this brand has progressively gotten a wider audience and that's thanks to all of you that continue to listen, engage and provide feedback to me. I am so appreciative, humbled, thankful, and blessed to have the opportunity to entertain you. I do want to give a shout out to those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time after finding my media page on Instagram. At the time of this recording, we are getting very, very close to having 7,000 followers on Instagram, and that's awesome. And for those of you who have been rocking with me since day one, I know exactly who you are, I appreciate you, and I love you. With me, it's all about love, peace, and positivity. It's who I am. It's what I preach. Let me be amongst the first to wish a happy holiday, happy holidays to you all. Christmas spirit is being felt everywhere you look around. Holiday street signs, Christmas tree lighting events in towns and cities across the country. I don't know how many times I'm going to hear this damn song, but Mariah carries All I Want for Christmas. I know it's being played all over major radio stations across the country. Salvation Army people ringing bells in front of major retailers in search of donations the decorations of homes picking out christmas trees you know the whole shebang here in orlando it's all of the above but every year i like to give this reminder to everyone that lives here full-time pack your patience the snowbirds from up north and out west are flocking back to, to Central Florida. So what does that mean? That means that your major theme parks, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, Legoland in Winter Haven, and Busch Gardens in Tampa are all going to be crowded. And if they're going to be crowded, the roads are going to be crowded too. So you're looking at you're looking at I-4. You're looking at the 408 east west expressway you're looking at the 417 greenway the 429 western beltway the 528 beach line the florida turnpike hell i'll even say i-75 out west non-toll roads like the 414 maitland boulevard state road 436 cimarron boulevard 1792 192. all of them are going to be busy so please this holiday season as you're hopefully spreading Christmas cheer singing shoot I don't know Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer sipping on your latte hot chocolate whatever remember just to take it easy on the roads and pack your patience. This goes true if you're traveling in and out of Orlando International or any airport around the country. Before leaving check and see what the parking situation is I know at Orlando International um, this is the time of year where parking is going to be few and far between so you may have to park off-site and then shuttle your way into the airport or take an Uber As always check your airline and see if the flight is still on time big thing check and see what the estimate time is at security if you have TSA pre-check you should be good but I would still check and make sure everything is flowing Um, I did not travel on Thanksgiving But I was getting video from friends trying to get into the airport and the road leading into it, State Road 436, was backed up about a mile before getting into the outer loop, the outer ring of the airport property, causing major backups, major delays. So do everything you can to look at the situation in and around the airport before leaving remember always be prepared oh speaking of spreading good cheer I've been on threads since the very beginning have I been active not really recently I've noticed women several women taking up my timeline they would be wearing lingerie swimsuits tight jeans and a top that barely covers their fun bags seems cheeky right Mm mm-hmm algorithms pushing these scantily clad women all in my feet like the devil's trying to lead me into temptation even though I will say that most of them have been blessed with good looks. Question is is it real? Is it fake? Is it AI generated? Up see. Nope. Nope. Phil, snap out of it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Please. Refocus. Wusa. Anyway, I'm calling these women Threads Chicks. Some of the captions are interesting. I'm going to go over a few. Single and ready to Flamingo. That one's pretty good. I'm not even going to lie. That one's pretty good. Started following you. Here's one that I know a lot of you have seen. Drop your username so we can grow together. Mm-mm. Here's one of my favorite ones. Am I wifey material? No, but you look like a ho. Here's another one. I'm gonna be Threads Famous. You just wait. Okay. Simply saying, hello, as I look at this woman with her cheeks out, or in this case, I'm noticing a lack of cheekage. Another one, I am very single you most certainly are you ho blocked you You blocked me but I can still see you you ho if she fine in her forties she go be fine forever that could be true you ho <combustible into singing> Last one, okay? Last one, promise. Any plans tonight, Daddy? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, I will be asking Jesus for forgiveness. You ho. Okay. Let me transition. Next one, next one. There you go. Um,. We've all seen these ads on, on the internet. They've, I know, a couple of years ago it was it was Shein. Now, now all of the sudden it is Temu. T e m u Temu. A lot of y'all buy stuff from Sheehan. That seemed to be the trend for years. Temu now all of a sudden is now taking up most of the ads in, on your home pages, internet searches. Google ads, Bing ads, whatever. I've done everything from blocking site permissions on my browser to the website blocking Timu. At least try. Still nothing. So, shoot, I don't know. I'm tired of it. I know there are things like reporting it and you can man you can quote unquote manage your interest when it comes to ads. I don't want to take that I, I don't feel like taking up all that time. So yeah. She and Timu. I'm uh I'm sick of y'all. Like for real, for real. I'm sick of y'all. Alright. Another news. It's December. You know what that means. I'm not just talking about Santa coming to town. No. It's Tiger. Tiger Woods makes his return to competition again. After not competing in the Masters in April because of an ankle injury and due to the fact that it was wet and rainy, Tiger made his return last week at the Hero World Challenge at Albany in the Bahamas. Now listen. Listen. Listen, I'm glad Tiger is back again. He's back competing. He played and he finished, y'all. He finished. He finished all four rounds. Granted, no cut. Take it for what it's worth. And there was, what, 30 people? It was his tournament. But he finished. And then, here pretty soon, he's going to be playing in the PNC Father-Son or Family Challenge, whatever the hell it's called now, with his son, Charlie. It's good. It's good. And he says he wants to compete on almost a monthly basis depending on his health. Once again, it's fine. At this point with Tiger, I think it's a round-by-round basis. i just want him to make it through the tournament he says he can he can still compete on tour i can kind of believe it since he's still one of the absolute best iron strikers short game specialists and definitely mentally tough athletes on the face of the planet but realistically the competition is so close and so tough right now for me personally, I think the only tournament that I think he could still win right now is the Masters. Here's the caveat. As long as the temperature is warm. That's the key. Any tournament that Tiger plays in, it's got to be warm weather. You don't know how his back is going to feel. You don't know how his how how his his leg, his ankle. You will know how it's going to hold up if it's rainy, wet, and raw like it was that Sunday at the Masters. There was no way. There was absolutely no way he was going to do it. So if the weather is warm at the Masters, you got to give him a decent shot. Could he win other... I don't wanna say low end PGA tour tournaments, but could he win make the cut first? Make the cut. Give me a full field event, and let's say it's because I'm not sure if he's gonna be playing in events like uh the Genesis and Riviera. Who knows if he's gonna be playing Tory Pines? you got to think he's going to he's going to try and favor flat flatter golf courses. I could be wrong. I don't see him I definitely don't see him playing waste management. That that is that's is too much out there in the Phoenix area. Florida swing, we'll see. Like I said, the weather has to be cold. (laughs) I'm sorry, it has to be warm. If it gets cold, the body tightens up. You can't swing like you want to. Your your bones start to ache and fatigue starts to really kick in earlier than normal. I should know. I grew up in New Jersey, outside of Philly. I would play and practice in 45-degree weather. That would be my threshold. What I would watch is the wind and... potential for rain slash snow if there's wind or rain sleet or snow nope forget it not doing it now the only time i actually played in sub 45 degree weather it was a charity golf scramble it was 38 degrees i'm going to say that again it was 38 degrees but let let me let me explain something 38 up north is different than 38 in the south 38 up north you got that humidity so 38 kind of feels like 45 it doesn't feel that bad but 38 down here in the south with little to no humidity 38 feels like 20 ain't no way so yeah it was 38 sleet yes sleet and rain was falling from the sky And for a for a certain amount of time, it seemed like we were the only ones on the golf course playing. Well, that was that was because we were, we were the only full still out there playing, and that's because no one had told us that they had stopped the tournament. So here we are. We're standing on a par three. It's about 165 yards. I got a seven iron out. One of the, one, one of the few times in tournament I hit the ball we're like really good. Hit it around right the screws. Put the ball to six feet we drive up to the green to only find my ball and half of the green underwater i put a t down where the ball was at at this point it was like all right you know what let's just go back and let's see what's going on we finally went back to the clubhouse and everyone is eating they're laughing they're getting massages like yo how what the hell how long have y'all been in here like an hour and a half, two hours, and y'all just didn't want to tell us. Say, so, all right, cool, no problem. Um, we win by default. Just point me to the food and something hot to drink. Don't talk to me. Ain't having So yeah, 38 degrees is the coldest I've ever played. But it's good to have Tiger. but for how long we shall see alright can we talk football can we talk a little bit of football you guys know me I'm a Philadelphia sports fan at the same time I am a realist so I'm gonna go ahead and get this comment out of the way Right now, the San Francisco 49ers, as of right now, are the best team in football. When healthy, the team is extremely hard to beat because of the immense talent that they have offensively and defensively. If you look at the roster, they got Debo, they got Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Juszczyk, George Kittle. Shoot. All all Brock Purdy has to do is stay upright, take care of the ball, and he's good. If you watch the game Sunday afternoon, the 49ers whooped, whooped Philadelphia Eagles. Offensively, from the second quarter on, they took advantage of the flaws that were the lack of tackling and non-experienced linebackers for the eagles the only way the eagles had a shot is on is the strength of the d-line but if the d-line can't get home and the receiver is receiver running back gets out in the open like debo it's over they're busting out for 10 20 30 or in some cases 40 50 yards for touchdowns and that's exactly what happened the eagles deserve to lose there's there's no there's no sugarcoating it the eagles deserved to lose the game now prior to the game i took the eagles to win the game i believe i said 27 23 something like that because you know i had my doubts with this defense for the last couple months they kept getting injured stuff like that but They always found a way to win. And I knew, I knew coming into this game, this would probably be the hardest game we would play all season. And it proved to be true. So I'll say again, the Eagles deserve to lose for these reasons. Number one, talent-wise. Besides the the D-line, our back seven probably played the absolute worst they have played all year. Number two, three games in 13 days. You know the team is tired. You know they're tired. Reed Blankenship God bless him. Played 116 snaps against uh, Buffalo in that overtime win. That's the most amount of snaps played in 11 years. Number three, injuries. Last year, the team, for the most part, was incredibly healthy. As a matter of fact, in the Super Bowl, we had all 22 starters from the beginning of the season that, that were healthy. They were healthy. For the game in the Super Bowl. This year, we rolled the dice and not spend that much money on linebackers and safeties. And now we're shopping on waiver wires and watching those that are being released. We traded for Kevin Bayard. We signed Bradley Roby off the street. We waved, brought back, waved, and brought back Nick Morrow again. We signed. Zon- we signed. Sat Cunningham. He's hurt. We got. We had a special teamer. That played linebacker in Christian Ellis, and for what he had to go through, he actually did pretty well. So, defensively behind the D line, we are a liability. And we've been a liability for months, and that's why so many teams, especially through this gauntlet, have had great success. The only way the Eagles can win these games is literally is by literally winning in a shootout. Which brings me to the offense. Jalen Hurts, Jalen, you got to stop holding the ball. You got to make quicker decisions second and eight if you can't find anything throw the ball away don't try to become a hero get go down for a sack and then second and eight now becomes third and 21 because you have to run backwards try to avoid getting hit get rid of the ball dude you're better than that why are we throwing the ball so much why Trying to throw it like 40, 42 times. Well, one of the reasons is because we're getting down early in games. And there's also no effort into establishing a running game. So, what's the point? What's the point for trading for DeAndre Swift, getting Rashad Penny from the dollar store, and bringing back Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott if we're not going to utilize them? This offensive line is built. For running the football, making lanes for the running back, and controlling the clock, this offensive line lately—they're not—they're not built for holding off defenders for more than five seconds. As Jalen's looking for an open receiver, you gotta make quicker and better decisions. To me, this is partially on Jalen, but I'm really looking at Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator. I don't say this often. But at this point in the season, I'm glad we lost and we lost the way that we did. I'm glad we lost now rather than later. I'm glad that we lost so that we can they can go back, look at this game, reflect, get chewed out, refocus and more importantly, get back to basics. Despite all of this, despite all of this, man, the Eagles are only 10 and 2. Technically, they still have the best record in the NFL. Technically. Now, are they currently the best team in the NFL right now as we're we're standing on this day right now? No. No. It's San Francisco. As a matter of fact, I'm going to list the teams that I believe are Super Bowl title contenders. To me, there's only five. San Francisco, the Baltimore Ravens. Now with the Ravens, we're going to see what they look like since they don't have Mark Andrews anymore. That's going to be be interesting because I know that was a key uh, receiver for Lamar Jackson. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see how much that affects the offense. Philadelphia Eagles. If they can somehow find a way to get it together defensively and ramp it up offensively, they're right back into the conversation where they can go ahead and try to compete against the 49ers. I have to put the Dallas Cowboys in here because of talent, but we all know at some point the Cowboys will be the Cowboys once we get into the playoffs. It's going to happen. But I have to put them as a title contender because because of talent. Last but not least, Kansas City Chiefs. Just like Ric Flair says, to be the man, you have to beat the man. To be the team, you have to beat the team. So unless Kansas City does not get into the playoffs or they get knocked out early, you got to keep them as a Super Bowl title contender as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and Andy Reid, they're gonna be just fine. And as long as the refs don't screw them. If you saw that game against Green Bay, good lord. Chiefs fans, I'm sorry. Um So those those are my five. San Fran, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Dallas, Kansas City. There's a lot of teams, there's quite a few teams that I left off. I don't trust Detroit. I don't. Cleveland, the Browns are really good defensively, but they can't put anything together offensively. Miami, their record against teams above 500 is terrible, so I can't put them on the list. I can't put Jacksonville on the list right now because of the injury to Trevor Lawrence. We don't know how long he's going to be out, if he's going to be out, and if he is, how long. And then... The darlings for the last couple years that a lot of pundits, national pundits, want to see succeed. The Buffalo Bills, I don't want to hear about Buffalo anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't. I'm I'm sick of that team. Smoke and mirrors. They have plenty of talent, but Buffalo is smoke and mirrors. I'm sorry. Last thing on football, Um, Stephen A. Smith, analyst on ESPN, came out after the 49ers' route of the Philadelphia Eagles and questioned the legitimacy of the Eagles' win over the 49ers in last year's NFC Championship game. Now, as I said at the top of the podcast, I am a true, fair and balanced Philadelphia sports fan, but I'm also a realist. So let me ask you a question. How are you going to delegitimize the team's accomplishments because of what you saw a whole year later when the 49ers are clearly healthy and the Eagles clearly are not? Let's not forget it was the Eagles who knocked out Brock Purdy for months because the 49ers had a tight end try and block Hassan Reddick. Are you kidding me? What kind of coaching is that? Then, minutes later, the Eagles literally knocked out Josh Johnson. He was concussed, and he was not allowed to return into the game, thus giving the 49ers no quarterback whatsoever. So what do they do? They have no other alternative than to put Christian McCaffrey under center, thus making the 49er offense one-dimensional. You're going to delegitimize the championship of a team in the Philadelphia Eagles because they dis- they were destroyed by the 49ers when the 49ers were clearly the favorite and more talented on the field versus an Eagles defense that behind the D line was a liability. It makes no sense, and I I hate saying this because I know I know it's all entertainment. I know it's just a take. But if you really, if you really believe in this, then maybe we should start devaluing Stephen A. as a football analyst. My opinion. All right, last thing. Um... I know I've mentioned this in the past, but as of now, I'm going to officially scrap it. The Ultimate Smooth Jazz Tournament is going to be scrapped. The way I wanted to do this tournament was to utilize... using actual songs as a precursor to describing the history and going through the rankings and I wanted to make a whole big thing out of it but it would take literally multiple podcasts to do I don't have the time unfortunately to do it at it, it wouldn't It would not, the value wouldn't be there. And I don't want to give you, I don't want to give y'all something that is half-assed. So I thought about it. And based on how you guys liked the, ultimate gospel tournament I had to go back to my roots a little bit and I thought you know what I want to I want to try to incorporate something that I did with with my sister Stephanie shout out to her and James Pitchy podcast, check them out. Something that we did growing up, and that's we would create like a set list for our church service. What songs, what songs would we put in different spots? You got the you got the intro, you got your First selection, you got collection, you got the song before the sermon, you got the song after the sermon, you got the benediction doxology, see you bye. So I thought I think it would be a pretty fun exercise if if we created our own dream gospel concert. And so that's what we're going to do for those that want to participate. So this is creating the ultimate gospel concert. Now, I do have ground rules if you want to participate. So pay close attention Rule number one, the concert that you are going to make has to be at least two and a half hours long. I thought about two hours long, but there's so there's so much good music, there's so much history that I thought two hours was not long enough. So I think two and a half hours is long enough. You know, if you go to a normal concert, Nowadays, you're going to be there about two and a half, three hours. So, I figure two and a half hours would be a good enough length. Rule number two, you can use as many songs as you can fit in two and a half hours. Okay? Number three, you can use any gospel artist that you want. They can be traditional, they can be contemporary, hip-hop, rap, whatever. I want to hear different flavors, different r- different, different rhythms, I want to hear it all. Number four, when it comes to artists, you can only use three songs per artist the max amount of songs you can use per artist is only three because I want to hear different variety I want to see what you guys have number five your your concert your your set list must include any version of one of these two songs you can use both if you want but it has to include one of these two songs you have to have either the doxology or the Lord's Prayer it has to be in your set list and then last and certainly not least I will grant you A five to seven minute overrun if you want to include a praise break so technically you can go two hours 37 minutes if you want if you want to include a praise break if not you got two and a half hours so those are the ground rules if you want to participate in this exercise and to create the ultimate gospel concert. And I would love, I would love, 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 love to see what you guys come up with. Like I said, to communicate with me, Instagram or threads at the handle PW underscore digital underscore media underscore entertainment. I have already completed my ultimate gospel concert. My set list is complete. I will release that. Um, If you are listening within 24 hours of this podcast being released, it should already be out. But I would be on lookout on Instagram and on threads um, as to when I will officially release my set list. So that if you guys want to go ahead and listen to the songs that I have in my set list of my concert you can go ahead and set it up in the exact same way the exact same way that I have it lined up from top to bottom because the way I did it, like I said I'm gonna make you feel like you're at a concert You're going to go through all the feels from top to bottom. You might be dancing at the end. Who knows? But I figured this would be a fun exercise that hopefully we can get. I can get some responses on this. Because you guys know I love gospel music. I love it. I grew up with it. Um, I have a love for it. I love looking back at the history of it. So on and so forth. So. If you want to participate please do and like I said you can send your if you if you create let's say this if you create a playlist let's say on Spotify or on if you have Apple Music send me the link you can DM me the link or you can you can comment or DM me your set list like I said it has to be in the exact The exact order, top to bottom, song by song. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. I really can't. I think those I think this will be fun. Alright, well that's gonna do it for this session of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode you guys know how I end it you are loved you have value and you are worth it we promote love peace and positivity much blessings to you and your families especially during this holiday season Thank you all. God bless you. And we will see you on the next episode of the Philosophy Sessions Podcast. I have been your host, Phil Washington, signing off. Class dismissed. Let me tell you about a podcast, philosophy sessions with Phil Washington is a blast. He tries knowledge like a bomb, got your mind blown, leaves you thinking deep like you're in the unknown, feeling lost, don't you worry, you're not alone, Phil's got your back, he'll guide you home, through the maze of life, he'll be your light, like a beacon in the dark, shining Remember, you are Lord, you have value. And if you're feeling down, don't let it consume you. You're worth it more than you'll ever know. Like a diamond in the rough, let your light show. The views and opinions expressed by the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Philosophy Sessions podcast any content provided by our authors or content creators are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual or anyone or anything. Thank you.